0: And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Alright, welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and with me, as always, my amazing co-host, Michael. Hey, Michael, how you doing?
1: Heath! Yeah, buddy. We're doing it here in the Rocky Mountains. (laughs) Living full lives, long days.
0: Yes. And then some. Yes. (laughs) And before we uh, get into the normal housekeeping we do, just wanted to give a brief mention that we are going to do a little heavier topic today, and so as a result of that, Ethan has decided he is not going to join us on the show today, so we do miss him, and uh, just wanted to give that before we got into there. So, um, let's do some housekeeping really quick, shall we? before we get into today's show, check out the website, everybody. I'm going to point you there. Everything you need to know, uh, press releases, news information, contact links, um, everything. It's all there. Links to the shows on YouTube, Rundle, Rumble, Rundle, Rumble um, all the socials, they're all there. If you would like to uh, send us a show submission, you've know, got an ID, you got a topic, you got a guest, there's a contact us form, please feel free and use that. Um, Of course, comments, suggestions, feedback, we appreciate that as well. If you need prayer, there are two ways that we can partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is the prayer request form on the website or you may email us at prayer at rmr.live. While there, of course, as I mentioned, check out the socials. And if you're watching this on YouTube or Rumble, please like, subscribe, all the fun things there because that does help us down the road. Um, and welcome to all of our podcast. You know, I didn't say that today. I saw the look on your face. Um, welcome to all of our podcast listeners across the globe. We are so thankful to have each and every one of you um, joining us. And of course, you can always check out Facebook for any additional things as well that may not be on the site of low. Pretty much, I make sure they're double posted. All right. So, getting into today. Well, actually, before we get into today, do we not have? some commercial-type sponsors
1: today? Well, I think we do. I think we oh, do. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, guys, so <laughs> we got a, a shout-out to our good friends, brothers and sisters, really, at uh, Redemption Squad Ministries. A very new, but not so new, up-and-coming uh, mission. Basically, like a mission. Kind of like Springs Rescue Mission in a way, but... Um, yeah, Redemption Squad Ministries, we're, we're going out into communities and reaching out to communities and we're reaching out to um, folks in these communities that need um, oh, that extra bump to get started. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're, you know, just out of prison or maybe they're just out of the halfway house or, you know, whatever it may be, but, but uh, Zach is especially gifted and uh, has resources to really help these folks out. Um, along with just help uh, kind of maybe even finding those folks while we would pass out boxes and stuff like like the last time we went out Heath uh, um, but um, yeah we just want to uh, mention Redemption Squad Ministries they're going to be indefinite sponsor of this show uh, anytime you give to this show a large portion of that goes to Redemption, Squ- Redemption Squad Ministries <laughs> and um, their efforts, uh, not only in the front range community, but really all over Colorado, um, and maybe even in the East Coast. I don't know. There's all these rumors and connections, and God's doing stuff, and so we want to push that. So, right. um, and then also I'd say our next commercial we gotta um, mention Sean and Amy over at over there at Valentine Shoe Company. Uh, yeah. Valentine Shoe
0: valentine comfort shoes
1: valentine comfort shoes and we're going to get it right we're going to get it right valentine comfort shoes uh by the way we just had veterans day um they are veteran owned sean and amy are quality products of the navy quality yes. products okay and by the way sean used to be a navy diver it's just so cool i mean if you can't be a jet fighter be a diver. <laughs> but no so, uh, no, Sean has amazing diving stories, um, which is actually kind of amazing because in his faith, he also is a diver too. He, that guy goes deep into God.
0: Yes, he does.
1: And, uh, comes out with, uh, gold and the accomplished mission on the other end of his conversations with the Lord. And so when you go into Valentine Comfort Shoes, not only are you going to get a great pair of shoes, you're going to get prayer and you're going to get, you know, a community, a community based around your feet needs your foot needs your your injury uh healing needs um in fact i've actually heard a few times now that doctors uh recommend uh their patients to sean and amy have valentine comfort shoe because really like they're some of the only ones in the state so they get people from all over the state so
0: not only some uh, some in the state, but I have heard being in the store that this person's doctor said they were the best in the state. So, you want the best, it's, go see Sean and not, Amy.
1: It's not false. It's
0: yeah, not no, false it's not. At all. It's not.
1: And, um, in fact, I I have a very nice pair of boots from their store, and I love them very much. <laughs> they're, dress, they're dress boots, and they're comfortable. Oh. And... Uh, <laughs> so, anyway... Also, that yeah, Valentine Comfort Shoe, Go over, check them out at Union Station, Union and stuff, and got that cross street. still don't have the cross if street. You, <laughs> if you Google Union Station in Colorado <laughs> Springs on Union,
0: it's it's gonna be in the description. Everything everything description. that we're talking about will be in the description. Email addresses, phone numbers, websites for Redemption Squad, Valentine Comfort Shoes, and our next sponsor. All there'll be links everywhere. So just check the description below. We got you.
1: <laughs> Click the links. Learn where Michael went wrong. Next one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, next sponsor, guys. Last sponsor. Um, our pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnell. They recently have um, wrote a book together, and this book is called "Holy Rebel." Okay. And as of the 9th of November. Uh, uh, this book was out, uh, the, the Kindle version, the Audible version was out on the 9th of November. So you can go to Audible or Kindle right now and, and uh, check that out. Um, but, I, you know, I would really just got to mention this. This book is a clarion call that will both motivate and mobilize believers to resist the very forces that so dominate our culture. Readers can expect to be challenged in their walk with Christ as they arm themselves with righteousness, holiness, and truth our children, churches, communities, and even our nation are at stake. Readers will find a detailed practical roadmap with these pages to help protect what God has given by resisting the plan of the evil one. Believers are not called to merely go with the flow. Instead, we are called to change the very direction of the tide, and this book shows them how. So, yeah, I just... And and really, at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio, we are aiming to join that... um, and put a revival flow into the spine of North America, the Rocky Mountains.
0: Definitely. Um,
1: from the prettiest of them, Pikes Peak in Colorado. <laughs> um, so, also, I hey, you know, uh, this is really cool when one of my favorite uh, radio personalities, to say the least, but authors, uh, does a blurb for our pastor, John Kelly, and really they got a few of them. But uh, Eric Metaxas puts his uh, comments and He says, Nothing makes my heart leap more than when I find brothers and sisters in the faith who understand the times we are in and who know what God is asking of them. And more than that, who exhort others to the battle. And, guys, that's what we do at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. We want to exhort you into your portion of the battlefield. Yes. Um, so it is a great joy to know Todd and Kelly Hudnell and to heartily endorse their vitally important book Holy Rebel it is a stirring invitation to join the great adventure for which we were born and that was Eric Metaxas um, but don't take my word for it buy, uh, buy a book and look for his blurb <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> okay best-selling okay now I have to admit, we're gonna I'm gonna take a moment on our show to mention a book that changed my life that he wrote uh, best-selling author of Bonhoeffer okay uh, and I believe prophet, prophet, pastor, martyr, spy, something in that order, dude. Oh, I love that book. Okay. And then letter to the American church. That's his most recent book. And then host of the Eric Metaxas show. Hey, if you guys are not listening to Rock Mountain Revival Radio, why don't you go over and subscribe to the Eric Metaxas show right. on your podcast provider? Oh my goodness. Get some news and get some, uh, get some outtakes. And, uh, but yeah, we love Eric Metaxas over here but we really just wanna remind you about Holy Rebel and our pastors, Todd and Kelly Hudnell and their recent book. Kippa version is available now, as of the 9th of November.
0: Heath? Right. I, I, will have, I will have a link to that as well. And I'm excited um, to get our hands on Todd and Kelly's book and to uh, just run through this uh, Holy Rebel roar that we got going on here at the church and just the continuation of that through their book. So yeah, you check it out, guys. Like I said, links will be below um, or you can also find the information on rmro.live website. All right, so I think that is all the intro that we have for you today. Let's get into the show. Um, This is another packed one, guys. We're gonna try to get through as much as we can. Again, I do wanna give that warning that it is a heavy topic. Um, It could be potentially triggering for some viewers and listeners. So please be advised of that. Um, I want you to know I'm going to be sharing some personal and difficult testimony as well today uh, directly from me. Today's episode is titled Mental Health, Suicide, and How God Saved Me. Um, So really quick, you know, mental health and suicide are not talked about enough in the United States. I will just go straight out and say that. Um, It's especially true for men, you know, and I can personally attest and confirm this. We're often told to man up, to not share, to express our feelings, you know, to just deal with it. Um, and that is the worst possible advice you could give anybody, guys. Um, you know, half of all Americans experiencing an episode of major depression receive treatment. Um, females experience depression roughly twice the rate of men. And depression affects 20 to 25 percent of Americans ages 18 over in a given year. In 2020, and these statistics, guys, are ridiculous. Suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the United States. Um, there was approximately one death every 11 minutes uh, that year. And so every day, that means roughly 125 Americans die by suicide. Um, You know, and and there's a lot more statistics that we could get into here. But I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, male population, and I just want to kind of touch on this one, I think. Um, Suicide rate among males was four times higher than the rate among females. While males make up 49% of the population, they are nearly 80% of the suicides in America. Um, One male dies by suicide every 14.4 minutes in the United States. One female, in contrast, every 55.9 minutes in the United States. And again, this is a lot of these statistics I was researching for this and, and prompted by the Holy Spirit to come through here. Um, really, were eye opening to me. I guess I didn't know. I mean, I I, I am a statistic, um, as far as these numbers go. Um, you know, and I and I also want to preface before I get into the testimony portion of this that. At the time all this went down, um, I didn't have a strong identity in Christ, nor was, did I have a strong community of believers to partner with as I was going through the stuff I was going through in life. Now, I did have some family members, and I love and appreciate all of them, but I was definitely not sharing a lot of my internal and mental strugg- struggles with them. Um and while I couldn't see it at the time, here's another preface. Looking back, you know, looking back is an amazing thing. We got that 2020 vision. We're looking back on something. Um, but I couldn't see it at the time. However, God was all over the situation, even though I was far from him. I wasn't chasing after him. I wasn't pressed in like I am now. You know, in Hebrews 13, 5b, it goes on to say, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And that scripture references, of course, what is said in Deuteronomy uh, 31, 6. And so I am eternally grateful for that fact today that because I had made the choice back in high school and rededicated myself back in college uh, to committing my life to Christ and and believing that he died for me, um, once I made that decision, there is nothing that you can do that's going to separate you from God. And and so knowing that now and looking back on that and, and really going through my testimony in preparation for the show... Um, I really see the hand of God in all of this um, in, in how the outcome could have been a lot worse and a lot different. Um, Any, anything you want to interject before we get into the testimony that I'm going to share, Michael.
1: I'm thankful for God's hand uh, on your life. I'm thankful that for, you know, he saw uh, things that you weren't seeing and I'm thankful that. um, And in fact, now that I even, you know, start to say it. Um, I'm thankful that whether you knew it or not, he was guiding you into where you're at now. And he already knew about that. Um, he already knew about your transition into radiant church and all that he was going to do there, uh, for you and, and, uh, and because he loves you and, and guys, I, I just feel like right now, even at this point in, in, uh, the message to our our sweet listeners, our sweet viewers, uh, there's some of you who do not have that much hope for a future. Hey, Heath, what's that Jeremiah passage you got there? Let's just read it right now.
0: Well, let's just read it right now. Of course, I saved that to the end of the notes. Give me just a second. I'll get back. Well, there. and we'll it's, read it it's, again. It's, it's Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. A it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And so, you know, I just, I, I'm thankful <laughs> for God. And and like Michael said, you know, if you're at a place of hopelessness, you're at a place of desperation, you're at a place of loneliness, or you don't feel like you're worth anything, or that God can't help you, or there's no one that cares. I wanna, I just wanna interject now. Normally, I save this to the end of my testimony when I give it, but I'll, I want to say it upfront. Um, you know, a, you're never alone. God's always with you. B um, if you don't ever feel like you guys want to talk to you, guess what? Send me an email at host.heath at rmr.live, and I would love to talk to you. I would love to pray with you. Um, I would love to to partner with you as you're going through a difficult time, um, because I've been there. I've done that, as you'll see here in a minute. Um, and so I don't want anybody to walk away from this broadcast feeling that they're alone. You know, recognize full heartedly that Jesus is with you right now. Um, that in your brokenness, in your hurt, in your pain in your suffering, um, in your feeling of hopelessness and despair and loss, that he is right there sitting next to you and he's got tears rolling down his face because you're hurting. And as a child of God, he doesn't want to see you hurting. And so know that. And again, if you feel like you've got nobody else you can talk to, you can talk to me. I got, I got no judgment, no condemnation, no nothing for you. So email me host.heath at rmr.live and I will gladly uh, gladly talk with you. Michael. I'll just
1: I'll just add uh, one of my favorite promises in the Bible is uh, and I've experienced this. I know Heath has too uh, for himself. Some of my friends have too. Uh, those who call on the name of the Lord yes. will be saved. Um, I don't have the uh, the the chapter and verse for you. It is in the Bible.
0: <laughs> it is
1: and it and it is alive and well. Okay, and so if you, you are. Uh, considering, um, lasting decisions, um, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Uh, you know, mom may call you after that, or friend may, may see it tomorrow or, you know, um, someone may knock on your door. Okay. It literally is a, uh, um, uh, active and true promise uh and god knows your heart god knows the desperation level and you will be heard um uh we've we've i mean we could go into testimonies about that but heath back to you
0: well and i just want to say too that it's such an important point that that I found just just a quick search three references to that same phrase. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans ten thirteen, Acts two twenty one, and Joel two thirty two. Just right off mm-hmm. the bat. So again, that's mentioned at least three the times. Bible, so-
1: Old Testament and New Testament. It's an ongoing um, fulfilling. Uh, God help me, and then something just happens. You know, right. um, that plane sees you out in the ocean. I mean, it just <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you don't drown, you know. You get, you get. Say, I mean, on and on. I we could keep on going. So right. Anyway, Heath. all
0: right. So you know, back in, I'm going to jump around from what I had planned. Actually, I think just to kind of give some context. So, just to throw it out there, December 11th, 2004, um, I attempted suicide. I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's no other way of saying it. Um, I. I could make a lot of excuses. I could do a lot of things, but the the reality is um, I was serious. I had a plan. Um, I had a weapon. I had intent. So I met all the criteria for uh, being very committed to an end result, um, you know, and and through the course of my healing, um, and again, I'll get into the testimony in just a minute. But through the course of my healing, um, for the last couple of years, I felt really compelled to share this on the anniversary. So every year on the anniversary, December 11th, um, I've written a several-page document detailing what I'm going to share with you. Um, and I don't share it for sympathy. I don't. I don't share it for. Anything other than to help raise awareness and to shed some light on some darkness that I know I'm not alone in this country and the world. As a matter of fact, in some of the links that I have prepared for the show that will be down below and on the website, there's, a, there's some impressive international statistics as well. So, you know, this is definitely an issue uh, globally. So my hope is that by sharing my testimony that I could help somebody. Um, and maybe I have, maybe I haven't, I don't know, only God knows. Um, but either way, I feel it's important to continue to share this story, this testimony in hopes that someone else won't make the same mistakes that I did to let them know that it's all right to ask for help and that you're not alone. Um, and I'm going to keep sharing it. Um, you know, because every day for the last nearly 18 years has been a gift as, as far as I'm concerned, because the events of that day could have wound up very differently. Um, so, Having said all of that, the months leading up to the day um, were intense, heartbreaking, messed up, and all out horrible. My mind and emotions were being played with beyond anything that you could possibly fathom. And As I look back, I really don't know how to tell the story without the details that I need to in order to provide a frame of reference that might be understood, um, that might help anyone outside the situation really understand my frame of mind at the time. However, I've got to do my best to because I'm not doing this to bad badmouth anybody to mudsling or anything else, but there were other parties involved and my ch- uh, two of my children were involved as well, and so some necessary details for this I have chosen to leave out um, out of respect to them. Um, December 11, 2004, was a fairly nice day. We had snow on the ground. Um, my ex and I had argued, and this time it was a Pretty horrible argument. And I can begin to describe the pain, the hurt, the betrayal that I was feeling. And in retrospect, it was more than anyone should ever have to bear. And regardless, I now know that I was not thinking straight. However, at the time, my thoughts were perfectly clear. And I still don't know why I got the revolver out and tucked it against my back underneath my coat as I got the kids ready and got into the car. Um, that part of my story has never been clear, to be quite honest with everybody, to be transparent. I just know that I grabbed it on the way out the door. I got the kids in their coats. I put them in the car um, as it was time for her to be getting out of work. And although the kids were with me since she moved out, I wanted her to take them that day. She was walking home from work when I pulled up and we argued some more. I got out of the car and told her to take it and the kids and I began to walk away. She yelled some more and I kept walking. My resolve was solid and my thoughts were clear for the first time in a long time. I kept walking and ignoring her when she pulled up next to me yelling at me to stop walking to get in the car. And I swore at her. I yelled that she'd proven she didn't need me and that the activities that she was engaging in while we were still legally married proved she didn't. And she drove off and I continued walking. And the more I walked, the more rapid pace I had, the more determination set in and the more clarity. And I'm going to use finger quotes around clarity there. um, The more clarity set in. She tried to call several times and I ignored all those calls. Um, she kept trying, but I didn't want to talk to her. I had no desire to talk to her. Actually, I was done. And as I walked, the plan really began to solidify and form. And my thoughts and emotions got the best of me. I began to cry. And in that moment at time, I could not for the life of me think of anyone that would miss me. And this is a real thought, guys. I'm not. I'm not making this up for dramatic effect. I legitimately could not think of six people that would be at my funeral. I knew that my older two children were doing well. And I knew that they'd be all right. And I'd obviously been replaced where my wife and middle kids were concerned. So my logic told me that they too would be okay and I wouldn't be missed there. And as I walked, I couldn't, you know, I just, the thought process in that moment was just ridiculous. Like I said, I couldn't think of five or six people that would show up and I rationalized everything. Everything was completely rationalized. Um, And I gave no second thought to this as the plan formed. I knew what I had to do. I was committed to making it happen. Um, I knew that the world was going to be a better place without me in it. And, and I was undeniably certain of that at the time. Um, I gained my composure as I approached the main street uh, that went through town and I didn't want anyone to see me with tears on my face. I knew what I had to do and I continued to ignore the calls and the voicemails that were piling up on my phone. Instead, I made one final call. There was a friend that I liked and had been growing close to, and I wanted to say goodbye to her without saying goodbye. She answered my call, and we talked for a few minutes. I was vague about my plans, and I lied to her when she asked if I was all right. She was a little busy at the time, so our call was not long, as long as I had hoped, and I said my goodbyes, and I believed that she was in the dark about what I had planned. Ending my life seemed a little easier after talking to her. However, in a way, that conversation added to my certainty that I would not be missed. Because she was busy with other things, my brain was like, hey, it's okay. She's not going to miss you either. It's fine. Maybe she didn't care like I thought she did. Perhaps she wouldn't have missed me at all. But as I was getting closer to my destination, I smiled at the irony of it and even managed to laugh a little. What a perfect plan I had hatched. As I walked, I prepared for what was about to happen. My mind went over the list again and still was not able to convince myself that there would be more than five, six people that would show up and attend my funeral. The walk from where I left her and the car to the place outside of town where I was going was a few miles. And I don't remember much in reality, just the walk, the feel of the temperature dropping and the reality that no one would care or miss me. I knew where the spare key was and I let myself into her place. And yes, there was a plan and a purpose for that too. He'd been with her there the prior night. The place was a mess. You could tell the other things were a bigger priority to the two of them than cleaning up. I was angry and I was hurting, but I knew what I had to do. And while I'm a little fuzzy on the details that come next, I believe that I had called her. And we argued some more and I hung up on her. She called back. We argued some more. She hung up on me. I called her back. And during the exchange, I again told her where she could put herself and the horse she rode in on. And by then I had the gun lock off the pistol there were six hollow point 22 shells loaded in the revolver and I wasn't going to need more than one for what I was planning. I told her I was going to shoot myself and that I had a pistol cocked and pointed at my temple. I was going to do it while on the phone with her so that she would hear me die and she'd have to live with that sound for the rest of her life. Now, again, guys, this was not a moment I'm proud of at all. And yes, there was a lot of hurt and anger that was being expressed through all this. And so I don't, you know, the more I read through this, the more that I've processed through this the last 18 years, you know, I realized there's a lot of dumb things in what was going on in my head at the time. But a lot of it was was as a result of anger and not partnering with God, not having that group of people that could support me and encourage me and be there for me. Um, I was basically doing this alone. And so my mindset at the time, as I said, was was very clear uh, with the finger cloaks around clear, you know. Um, <clears throat> I pulled the gun away from my head and we talked and argued more. And eventually the police and sheriff's department became involved. And I knew the officers from both departments personally. Um, these were people that had known me for years. Some of them actually cared more than I thought or realized they did at the time. And, and after the fact, um, it's incredible. Some of these people that actually showed up that day. Um, At some point, my dad, um, my stepdad was called um, and he drove the 90 miles uh, drive in the dark and snowy, icy roads to get there. And he legitimately flew from what I understood. At the time, I didn't know he'd been called. Uh, Through the course of the next few hours, I talked with her and I talked with a couple of the guys I knew from the PD. At times, things were intense. Eventually, they found out where I was and they began moving in from all around her trailer. I saw them and demanded they pull back and they did. There were EMTs, firemen, sheriffs, deputies, local policemen, and I was still committed to my cause, though. The standoff was not what I wanted, but somehow had managed to get. As time went on, I actually began to doubt myself. My mind started to tell me that since I had messed everything else up in my life to that point, that I would somehow mess this up, too, that I wouldn't be successful in suicide. Somehow the science and logic failed to show up because had they actually voiced some nerdy stuff... I would have realized that the 22 caliber I was holding um, would have enough velocity to enter my brain leaving the barrel, but not enough velocity to to exit. So it would have ricocheted around inside and either killed me or turned me into a vegetable. So had I have actually had the forethought, hey, I could have actually done it. But either way... um, the logic was, was not there. Um, the doubt crept in, you know, Hey, you you failed at everything else in life. You're going to fail at this too. You're going to mess this up. Um, but my mind kept at it. I would fail. I'd mess up. And eventually I resigned to the fact that someone was going to get hurt. It was getting darker and colder while I knew there was distance between myself and the officers on the scene. I knew they would not be willing, um, uh, for things to go any longer before they would make another attempt at entry. So I sure didn't want to shoot anyone else, but me. I eventually agreed to surrender myself and I knew that I would screw up because I knew I'd screw up killing myself with my luck. I'd either miss or the bullet wouldn't kill me or something else was going to happen. I was on the phone and told them I was going to come out. I locked and stashed the revolver and exited the trailer. And when I got out, um, I got onto the, stepped out to the ground. I was met by officers and friends. Um, who quickly pat me down, put me in handcuffs and placed me in the back of the chief of police's car. Now keep in mind, this was outside of town. So it was not in his jurisdiction at all to be there. Um, And in that moment, I will never forget the look on chief Gill's face. He was hurt and disappointed in me. Um, He said very few words, most of which I don't remember. However, I do recall him saying that he was glad I was all right. You see, he and I talked often during the past few months. And at the end of every conversation, he'd tell me if I needed anything, that I should call him. I had his personal cell number and I should use it if necessary. And he always asked how I was doing if I was all right. However, I didn't truly realize that he had wholeheartedly meant it until that very moment when I saw the look in his face. I couldn't look him in the eye after that. I was ashamed of where I was and what what had happened. I was hurt and angry with myself and I'd let them down. The rest is a bit blurry, but we wound up at a holding cell at the police department um, they took my personal belongings, my fingerprints, the whole nine yards. They put me in a bear cell, uh, just a concrete slab to sit on, sit on or sleep on. I remember seeing my dad walk in. And even though I had asked early in the day for him to not be contacted, he was, and he was standing right there. I was angry at them for calling him for bothering him. However, seeing dad made me cry a little and I was embarrassed and I apologized. That he'd come all this way to see me like this. And I thought he'd be mad and that That was one of the reasons why I didn't want him to call him. And yet he wasn't mad at all. He kept telling me it was all right and that he loved me, which made me feel worse in all honesty, but I'd let him down too in that moment. And I remember they'd called a counselor in to come talk to me to see how I was doing and, uh, um, you know, assess the situation, I guess. They eventually decided to let me go into his custody and we began therapy three times a week for as long as necessary. I don't remember getting into dad's vehicle, and I believe that several of the EMTs and officers at least patted me on my shoulders or hugged me and told me to take care of myself. None of them liked seeing me where I'd wound up, and while several were disappointed and a little hurt, they were all happy that they were on duty because they knew I needed help. And that was a very humbling and crappy feeling all at the same time. I don't know how many people actually cared about me, or I didn't know at the time, but after the fact, I sure did. They cared about me, little old me, you know? Um, Who knew these people gave up their afternoons and most of their evening on this call. A lot of these people weren't even working that day. Um, They knew it was me. And so they arranged to keep everything off the radio. They communicated by phone. Um, They showed up once they heard it was me on their days off on their afternoons off because it was me. Um, And, and I just thank God in this moment, in that moment, that there were all these people that somehow I had touched their lives and they had touched mine and they decided to show up and to be present in that moment, to support me, to care about me. And the look in all of their eyes as I was leaving that, uh, leaving the sheriff's office, leaving that cell, um, like I said, all the hugs, all of the encouragement, all the support, all the love is a feeling that I will never forget. Um, I'm going to pause there because we've got just a couple minutes before we time out this section and we're going to restart again to kind of give you some happy thoughts at the end of this episode. But what are you thinking right now? I've watched your face or tried not to watch your face too intensely as we were talking, as I was talking. Um, I know this is not a difficult or not a, not a pleasant story for anybody to listen to it. You know, anybody that cares about me, I know they make the same face you've been making for the last little bit, which is part of the reason why Ethan decided to not show up this evening. Um, this story Hurts this kid more than I can tell you. Um, and this is four years before he was born guys. Go ahead.
1: Oh yeah. That's just my listening face. Um,
0: (laughs) it's my listening face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is a whole nother episode, but, um, it reminds me, Heath, of uh, uh, the night I helped save a guy out of a burning car. <clears throat> I and I, I don't know how many moments we got him. Um, but just like we were kind of talking about earlier, it, it, um, I see I got some t- smidge time. Uh, I had called on the name of the Lord, like we were talking about earlier. And um, lo and behold, this man, Joaquin came from the other side, Uh, the road was blocked at this car wreck and Joaquin came from the other side. And this man was a six, eight Hispanic, Mr. T (laughs) with a beard and a mohawk and, uh, lots of gold necklaces and, and a cutoff, uh, tank top. And he told me he was like six, eight and Hispanic. And, And he said he was a former, uh, Navy SEAL. So I call in the name of the Lord and Joaquin is on the other side and he's like, Hey, you got a fire extinguisher. Cause I was driving my, my semi-truck back home. Hey, you got a fire extinguisher. I said, I sure do. And, um, in, in two swipes, that fire extinguisher, he had pulled this man out and this man was in bad shape. Like I said, this is a whole nother episode. I mentioned all that because, um, you know, he, My question to you is, was was there any point in your dialogue with your head, as you called it, that you gave God a uh, uh, any kind, measly or emphatic or authentic um, surrender notice
0: no, at no point in any of the dialogue that I had going on at that time was God even a factor, which is interesting because, you know, I talked about this with some friends um, yesterday, actually, as as we were talking about the show, because I have friends that are like, what are you guys doing this week? Um, and so, you know, I was kind of talking about the fact that it's interesting that growing up, I had a lot of believers in my life surrounding me in my life. And so I, I had a a strong faith background. Um, but at this moment when I was going through all this, there wasn't a thought to God at all. It was just, and matter of fact, in all transparency, there wasn't even a thought as to where I was going to wind up. You know, now I know that, that we, we don't have authority over our own lives to end it like that. Um, and that definitely, uh, puts us into a question mark category as to where you're going to spend eternity. Um, Let's
1: jump in right there. Let's jump right there. Yeah. You're definitely risking a lot. Um, I would, I would, okay. This is how I was advised uh, when I was um, learning how to be a pastor (laughs) with pastor Roger and Ricky Um, suicide is, is a, if one is sick enough, to forego many natural um, roadblocks that the body and the soul have for self-harm such as you don't just go run up to the top of you know said helicopter um, uh, pad at the top of the hospital and jump off there's many reasons why you don't do that and your body gave you about 90 stoppages before you figured you should do that so right so I've, I've learned that mentally, you can be at a sick of enough, uh, place and, and God knows these things. Now he's the ultimate judge and the Bible does says, don't test him. <laughs> right. So, so right. there's also that side of the thing, but right. But, um, I, I am not one, uh, I've had a couple conversations like this before with others. Um, I am not one to immediately say the worst happened to them in their eternity. Um, one, the Bible says not to do that, and not just in a suicidal uh, 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 testimony type thing or, or, you know, account, but, um, but also I would I would encourage. Okay, <clears throat> right now we need to encourage Heath. Any uh, family members who have gone through this and and this is happening right. to their family and said family member is gone, right. we need to let them know that <clears throat> one moment. Yeah, good idea. This is too important. Guys, Christ descended first. He he went to paradise, preached the gospel to guys like um, you know, Abraham, okay? Adam and Eve, okay? Said, "Tada, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here." And and he set them free. Then he descended again into hell, okay? When when he did rise um on the third day, he yoinked righteously, yoinked the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Yes, from Satan, formerly known as Lucifer. And he still has those keys. And I assure you, when he has the ability to use them, he does. Here's a reason, here's a good reason why he has the ability to use them. One, he's king. He's right. king over death, hell, and the grave. But two, if we are praying for a family member, even if it does end in suicide, we're praying for their salvation and we're praying for the protection of that family, we're praying for and and let's say, let's say the enemy does kill that time, he does steal that time, he does destroy that time. Okay, I assure you, God, if he has uh declarations and prayers, he has reasons, he has a mom that prayed for that child. Right. Um, he will take advantage of the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Um, there are many um, uh, uh, after death testimonies of you know people either uh, flatline you know in the hospital or what what have you car wreck they're gone uh, and 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 they should have gone uh, based on our theology and based off of you know what they knew and their theology in their life they should have gone uh, to eternity, death to death, eternity. Okay. Hell they don't, they encounter the Lord or an angel, what have you. And they get another chance at life. And, uh, we actually know someone in our men's group. His name is Kevin. He was not a believer. He was an atheist. Okay. At the time. And he had an after uh, death encounter, with what he did describe as Jesus, he couldn't fully see him. Right. He saw his silhouette. We got to have him on here, Heath.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. We do.
1: He saw his silhouette, and he had a full-on encounter, and he was sent back. Um. So, Heath, I we needed to take that. We need to put right. open there in that point there. Uh, God does Jesus did win back the keys of death, hell, and the grave.
0: Yes. Yes, so there's just a little bit more to the story that I wanted to share too, because you know the the part of my therapy therapy slash recovery for me,, um, I decided to reach out to a few people that, you know, to make amends because obviously suicide is a very selfish thing um, And so because I had felt selfish for doing what I was doing or what I had done and hurting people, I wanted to, reach out, um, try to apologize in person if I could. And if not, I did it via phone call. Um, Also, as another part of my healing, um, this was, of course, back when chat rooms were still a big thing. And so I'd get into a a chat room and just sit back and kind of watch and Pretty soon, I got it. I you know someone would be highlighted, um, and and I'd you know send them a message, and and we'd start chatting. And pretty soon, I was becoming an ear for that person, and being able to to listen to them and help them through and give them some advice and you know some things that I had learned in my my trials. Um, and so that was a, a helpful and important part of my healing. And it was definitely not an easy thing either. I can tell you that there was a, a several months worth of time where counseling was ridiculously difficult um but i also found ways to deal and cope and and unfortunately it wasn't until later in my healing journey where god came back into the picture now i know he was there all along but as far as my reliance on him didn't come until later but i am thankful for that but looking back again i I will tell you again i know what i said at the beginning of the show uh, i'll say it again now he was there the entire time Um, but he was waiting for me waiting for me to make the decision to say hey god i need you Hey God, I'm here. Please help me. Um, you know, so so I found that there were certain things that that helped. Music was a big help to me, and to this day, I still have a playlist that I created. Um, it was on CD back then. Now, of course, it's on my phone and my iPad and everywhere else. I have my music, but that same s- a playlist is still there. And you know, I can tell you that once you've been down this road. The enemy uses that again and again as a as a crack in your foundation, uh, as a way to get to you when you start to get stressed, you start to feel anxious, you start to feel weighed down by the stuff of the world. Satan's going to come in and he's going to use that and attack you. And so when those attacks came, boy, I could turn that playlist on and within the first two songs in a much better mood, in a much better place. Um, I also... Have a coin that the friend I talked about earlier, she gave me this coin and it, it's an angel on one side and the back of it says strength. And I've carried that coin with me every day since. Um, and matter of mm-hmm. fact, it's, it's in my pocket right now. Uh, matter of fact, I could pull it out of my pocket right now, um, this coin. And it's it's worn. In the 18 years, I can tell you guys, it is definitely worn. Um, I hadn't planned, I guess, on talking about this, but it is here. I can, I can actually show the the viewers um, that it is. Oh, maybe it's going to be that. Yes, yeah, right there. Um, you can't see the word strength anymore. It's pretty much been worn off. But I carry that in my pocket as a reminder that um, God gave me the strength to get through that circumstance, that situation. He gave me the time I needed to heal to to battle the darkness that I was in and to bring some light into it, you know, and there are times I wonder if things had been different if I had been successful that night 18 years ago. Um, The thing is, though, something it's it's I I realized that God is so amazing. God is so incredible. You know, he had a plan and a purpose for my life. We talked about Jeremiah 29, 11. So for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. Um, but there are some positives that came out of me still being here. Um, you know, I can, I can honestly see <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, but the, no way, the, <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> you know, so my, uh, my son, Ethan's mom, um, was in a horrible place and, and was doing some things in her life. And, and her mom called me one day and thanked me for my presence in her life to help straighten her out. So obviously, Ethan wouldn't be here. Um, I know my best friend, um, whom I met as a result of my healing process, um, we met, we've been friends for you know nearly 18 years. And um, I actually saved her life. Um, And again, I don't say this to brag, guys. I don't say it to boast, but just to see how. The dominoes fell. Right. So it's just to see how God has been able to use me. Um, as a result of this and been able, you know, that's one thing I think we talked about on a couple shows back, or maybe it was a ministry moment. I don't remember uh, but either way. We've talked about this before here at Rocky Mountain revival radio, where God can use you in your brokenness. Matter of fact, he likes, he has a preference for the broken people for whatever reason. I don't know His, understand his logic sometimes. Cause like there's been many days I'm like, Lord, I don't know why you're using me. I don't know why you've called me to this thing. I don't know why you're doing this thing with me, but you know, I praise you and thank you for it. Cause I know personally, I don't think I deserve it at all. Um, but, but God, God uses our brokenness. He uses us in these things to help other people. And I know there were, and I I can't remember how many dozens of people I actually wound up helping and talking through some things in those chat rooms. Um, you know, and again, Ethan being here is a prime example, you know, God placed a heavy anointing and a heavy calling on this kid. Um, you know, two summers ago. And, and so to see Ethan be saved and to be water baptized, to see this anointing that God's placed on his life, you know, and many, many other things that I could list that God has done, um, through me, um, through my brokenness, through my healing journey, because honestly, guys, it wasn't until 20 months ago where I really started to press into God again. Now I did here and there throughout, um, but it was definitely, you know, when things were really, really bad, you know, hey, I'd cry out to God or, you know, I'd, you know, go on big holidays, you know, Easter, Christmas, that kind of thing. But it's not the relationship that I have now. Um, and I definitely didn't, you know, even through those times of of calling out to him, I didn't have the community of believers I have surrounding me now. Um, and so it's, it's, it took a minute for me to realize truly how broken I was, truly how much... I needed God. And the incredible thing is the moment I said, hey, I'm here, use me, you know, forgive me for all the stuff. It was like an over... And again, everybody's experience is different, but it was like an overdrive thing with me. Like he shifted into a high gear and all of a sudden here came this outpouring of anointings and callings and things. Um, This broadcast is a direct result of that. Um, God saying, hey, we want to use you and Michael and Ethan for this thing. Um, And so... So, yeah, I I, I guess I want to pause and, and let the Holy Spirit interject, let Michael interject. Um, I do want to mention that we are going to provide links to all the crisis phone numbers in the United States and some web addresses for international things. They are going to be, um, actually the link down below the show is going to reference you to the website because it was easier for me to put it in one place because um, there's a lot of data, a lot of information, there's a lot of phone numbers, a lot of websites, but they are all there uh, for veterans, for teens, for you know, suicide, for domestic violence, um, whatever it may be. Um, I, I, I tried to find as many resources as I could so that if you're going through that and you, you don't feel like you can ask that at least, Hey, we can direct you to that information. So, all right. Having said all that, Michael, what, what do you, what are you feeling right now?
1: I'll read this. Let's see what comes out of this. Uh, Colossians three. Let's do, let's do a few verses. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to the immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry.
0: You know, the one thing that I want to say to that is thank God. Thank God, um, and here's why. I, as as you were talking, and, and I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit nudging me with this. You know, I have struggled for 18 years with suicidal thoughts. I have struggled more than I care to admit, guys. Mm. But I can tell you, last week when I got the prompting to do this show, and again, I I believe this is 100% Holy Spirit prompt. I can tell you, I have experienced a 100% healing and transformation where the topic of suicide is concerned, because I can tell you, I can tell you, this is the first time. um, Well, actually in this week, this is the second time in a week I have shared bits and pieces of my testimony. This is the first time I've shared the full testimony, um, and not been brought to tears, not been completely destroyed and wrecked (laughs) internally, um, this is the first time I've been, you know, and again, I have no problem discussing it in the past. I've, you know, anytime anybody's wanted to ask about it, I've been willing to talk about it. Now I'll walk away from that conversation a little broken, a little hurt um, because it does mess me up. And even with my job, you know, when I take a suicide phone call um, I've had to leave work early because it triggers some things. And, and again, even just talking about my own testimony had brought tears and things. And I can tell you guys right now, thank God praise be to God that I can sit here right now not a tear in my eye not an emotion in me of guilt or shame or condemnation or any of the negative stuff um I am right now as I'm sitting here just being washed in the holy spirit just this ama- I can't even describe this feeling to you guys that that I just feel so loved and so completely free of that piece of baggage that stronghold that the devil had used for years and years to chink away at me and to just keep cracking and to keep coming back and and i i'm just gonna say boldly god has healed me of this to where i can talk about this
1: what do you attribute to 100 he i mean because this has been a process but what do you attribute the 100% freedom and clarity to not tear up, to not uh, get triggered as you're doing research uh, on this topic.
0: Well, you know, that's – I'm glad you asked that because just – just as you mentioned research, I spent four hours the other day after the Holy Spirit smacked me with this idea, doing digging into these numbers, and that alone would have been enough to wreck me for a couple of days. And so I really attribute that to me pressing into God, me me surrendering everything, and just saying, "Here I am, all my brokenness, all of my stuff. I lay it in front of You. Um, I can't do it in my own power. I can't do it in my own mind, my own will. I'm Yours." Use me, do what you need to do with me. And and really just pressing into to recognizing what the Bible says about us. Like, you know, it's interesting that we've talked a couple shows now about identity, and even it's, it's a common theme in some of our ministry moments. That identity in Christ, knowing who you are, knowing how God sees you is such an important part of this healing process for me, knowing that God loves me, that God cares about me, that God provides for me, God heals for me, He strengthens me, He guides me me you know he calls me son he calls me his you know and, and not just the identity words that he's using like encourager and and teacher and and some of these other things that he's he's called me um he said I am his and that because I have said hey Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I believe that wholeheartedly because I've been water baptized I profess publicly that this is the case, that nothing that I can say or do is going to separate me from his love. And the fact that I continue to press into him, the fact that I have worked hard the last 20 months in two different men's groups and being 100% transparent and vulnerable and brutally honest about everything. Um, because I think that's the, the the main key that I want to drive home that I talked about at the beginning of the show Men in particular are told to man up, to buck up, to deal with it, don't talk about it, don't feel it, don't express it and that is wrong. That is 100% wrong. You should talk about it. And if you don't have somebody, you don't have a man in your life you can talk about it with, email me. I'll talk to you about it. because. We as believers, we as brothers in Christ, we as sisters in Christ need that support group to be vulnerable, to be accountable with what's going on in our lives, to get the prayer, to get the reminders to press in. And so I, I think the biggest part of my healing truly in the last 18 years has come in the last 20 months. Um, and certainly there was some work in the month leading up to the preparation for this show. Um because God was doing a transformative work and I knew there was something big coming. Um, And I was pleasantly surprised and actually laughed when he gave me the prompting that we needed to talk about this topic, that I needed to bring it to the masses, so to speak um, to shed light on this, this piece of darkness that many people struggle with. So, yeah, that I, giving it to God, pressing into God being in that group. Um, I mean, just to sum up everything I just said, that is probably the biggest piece of my healing. Um, and, and again, recognizing my identity in Christ. I would,
1: I would add this. You've been under, um, a ministry of actual anointing and power. Uh, you've been under, we, we've gone to this, um, this really good class over at a neighbor church, and um, we're learning about um, what Jesus said and what the Bible said, and, uh, and literally taking what Jesus said a little bit more seriously, and then going out and practicing it. Um, and to where I've seen Heath been uh, touched by God and and been on the floor for <laughs> minutes and minutes and minutes upon session upon session upon session. And, and this is just practicing class after copious amount of notes. But reason why I mentioned that and in, in, in case if he, he didn't, um, is because when we were talking about, uh, when we were pre-gaming for this episode, um, the Lord showed me that he had really, 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 really touched Heath, done a completing work in that setting under, um, right. a healing anointing, a healing ministry anointing, um, and so, guys, if you get or ever get an opportunity to um, be prayed for uh, by your pastor, by um, elders in your church, um, by your mom and dad, by your brother and sister. I mean, receive prayer. Um, receive prayer of, of faith, prayer that um, right. we expect um, to see God use us and God to work um and do something in that individual we are uh praying for. So um, I would also anoint your head, you know, on again, uh, anointed also. Um, that's one of the instructions of healing in the Bible is call on the elders and they will anoint you and pray for you. Uh, the sick, if you're sick and um, the elders will pray for you and anoint you with oil and uh, you will get well, you, you'll get better. Um, So that's another, that's another way you can get prayed over if you, and, and, you know, whether you're looking at uh, suicidal tendencies and thoughts, or you're looking at um, another habitual, uh, negative habitual item in your life, um, this could be a serious rut in your life. And you may know it, you, you probably already know that. And we 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 here at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. We're definitely looking um, like our Savior did. We're definitely trying to look at the heart of the issue, and we're not trying to judge the um, habitual pattern. Um, <clears throat> we want to care for the heart, and we want to care for them and bring them in into into a loving community. Well,
0: and I so swear,
1: Heath, I... Heath has been has been part of these. Um, he has been he has been healed before uh, this. This is trending, (laughs) (laughs) right? This is a trend in our lives these days.
0: Well, and I just, I felt compelled, compelled by the Holy spirit to just throw it out here that I happen to know for a fact, there are some listeners right now that are using alcohol or drugs or other things to kind of mask and hide the pain. And, and honestly, God doesn't want that for you. And, and I, and I don't want that for you either. Um, You know, we, we definitely have no no judgment no condemnation for anybody and we we just want to speak the heart and mind of jesus in you know if you're you're masking those things you're hiding those things behind substance or food or porn or whatever it is you know it could be a great many things um that's probably a sign that you need to stop you need to to talk to God. You need to, to find somebody, a believer, that that you can come alongside with and say, Hey, I'm going through this and I and I really need some help. Because there is an incredible amount of freedom that comes with healing. There's an incredible amount of peace that comes with working through us. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that anything that you do in the healing process is easy because it was not. Um, I I, for me, it was, it was grueling, but I made the decision that I had to heal, that I had to get better. Um, And even, you know, this last 20 months, making the decision that, yes, I'm going to live my life differently. I'm going to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly, and I'm going to step up my faith and stand in the identity that Christ has for me. And, you know, going to these these classes and being laid out on the floor in the, you know, just soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit is something that I, you know, it's, it's like floating in the ocean, but like you're trapped under a weighted blanket, so like you can't move, but it is so ridiculously peaceful and calming and just... You weren't entirely sure what God was doing either, were right. you? Right. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it didn't click until you'd mentioned it, that you know, There were a couple times I was on the floor, and the one time I was there for like 40 minutes, and I had no idea what God was doing. Now, sometimes God smacked me with something, and I'm immediately aware of what he's working on, what he's trying to do. But in this instance, I had no idea other than just being in his presence and just soaking, and yet knowing at the end of it that some form of transformative healing was taking place. And then I look at what we're doing in the show that something that would normally wreck me. And I'm sitting here without a tear and, and actually smiling at the fact that I can share this with you um and be grateful to God that that He's using me for this purpose. Um I can say that's that's some healing right there, guys. Um definitely
1: Uh, So I also, I'll join you in the word of uh, knowledge game. So I, I am not a game. Uh, I I do believe God's trying to reach out to three individuals here. Um, And I, and I can relate. So um, I don't want to pass any judgment at all. Um, There are three individuals who are stuck in a pornography addiction. Um, And I, I would say it's, not so much the pornography addiction, addiction. It's an intimacy issue. Um, whether it came from you know problems with mom and mom or dad, or it came from a relationship. Um, I'll just tell you right now, uh, God is bigger than porn. God is much bigger than uh, being stuck in a rut. Um, he made he made you he made your brain he made your endocrine system he made you were wonderfully made in your your mother's womb is what the Bible says and there are even images thank you Lord there are even images of funny enough the point of conception where this flash of light I guess I don't know how they film this but this flash of light is caught um, recording when cells are doubling, right, in a womb. And um, you know, Christians have their own beliefs about that. I'll say what that is. They'll say that that's when the life starts, and they'll say that's when the soul is knit to those cells, or the spirit of that little child is knit to the cells. And And Heath and I do believe that a child is a child uh, at day one. Yeah, that early. (laughs) Um, But um, anyway, God knit you, um, which is pretty accurate of a word, considering when you look at the science of DNA, he knit you in your mother's womb. He is bigger than an addictive pattern in your life. Um, he's bigger than a brain that needs some help uh, getting out of certain ruts and habits and addictions. Um, just one touch and the addiction backpack can be taken off of you. And what was impossible to stop is now a choice. Right. Is now a choice at the time of decision. Uh, that that did, in fact, happen to me when uh, summer camp. Let's see. Going into senior year of high school, I was pleading with the Lord for that specifically. But these three individuals, Jesus loves you immensely, and he is so much bigger than what you think is impossible. Um, Go to him. Please write to us uh, when you receive this. Um, I don't know if all three of you or all two of you for the alcohol item um, will reach out, but we are praying for you guys. We do believe you individuals are real. I'm not saying we're the most accurate words of knowledge. We're still learning this as we um, serve the Lord on these broadcasts, but um, there is freedom, um, as sure as God is. There is freedom, um, and and you are lovingly knit together and made. And God made the brain. God made the systems in your body. Yes. God made the chemicals in your body. He's the author of testosterone or, you know, that urged that thirsty urge for, for an alcohol or whatever, a beverage he's. And, and he is more uh, worthy. He, he's a, he, he's more addictive um, than these items um, being fulfilled to overflowing, uh, is an intoxicating thing. And Heath and I, and you know, we just released that to you guys. Now we, oh Lord, would you touch them and give them many opportunities to taste and see that you are good. Um, that is why you came, you, you came, um, uh, for us in the rut, in, in, in the imperfection, uh, us, the sick, us, the broken, uh, Mary Magdalene was relieved of um, seven demons. And that woman, she had that big, uh, big and amazing of an uh, encounter with Jesus. She followed him the rest of, her days and also gave uh, from her money uh, to the ministry of Jesus and was a massive part of the early church. So Lord, we thank you for the transform life. I learned that you would guide our, our sweet uh, listeners to the knowledge and, and the living out day by day that transform life. So later down the line, they look back and they say, Hey, that was the time that it changed where I caught hope. I caught hope and I went for it. And because and, hope was better than where I was at. Right. Um, and <clears throat> another example that comes to mind is, is Peter walking on water in, in the scriptures. When he was looking at the face of God, he was walking on water. When he got distracted and he saw something else is when he started to sink and this might be that crucial for you where you do need to dedicate yourself to keeping your eyes on jesus um and and to be supernatural that is what we usually do in the supernatural times we're very focused on what god is doing um and just like we read in that uh, colossians three passage um Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. Uh, Heath, what do you have?
0: You know, I just, um, I just want to also throw out there, you know, the, the freedom that comes from a lot of this, especially for those that are, you know, using cigarettes or drugs or alcohol, you're you're going to have some health benefits there too. Um, you know, and, and if your yourself isn't enough, then maybe your family, if you got kids, Um, Maybe those are reasons to maybe pause and reflect. And again, I'm not coming at you with judgment or condemnation, because again, I, I really feel the need to tell you that Jesus loves you, and that we love you, and we are praying for you. Um, And again, you know, we, we, we do just wholeheartedly believe that there are some folks that this is a wake up call for you and I hope you hear it and that I hope you press in and and, and again if you need help let me let me know um you know i've email us use the connect form email my my personal email address of the show at uh, host.heath@armar.live um you know if you don't feel like you can talk to one of us then again you know that uh bible believing uh, bible preaching bible teaching church with you know all the support and connect groups that they have um there's there's somebody there that can help you with that too um but again most importantly you're not alone jesus is right there with you um even if you're in that mess you're not too broken you're not too far you're not too gone for god to use you to, or for god to even help rescue you through what you're going through. Um, so know that you're loved. Know that you're not alone. Um, I want to give you that piece of hope today. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what I got. That was the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. So that's what I got. Um, looks like we got about three and a half minutes in this session. So we went way longer tonight. Um, do we want to wrap up with a quick prayer before we jump into the show ending housekeeping?
1: Yeah, I believe the Lord wants us to just uh, pray for anyone's uh, peace of mind and peace, okay. uh, overall operating peace in their life. That, that at this show, by the will of the will and grace of God, that that peace would be intervening in people's lives. So God, uh, peace right now in Jesus' name yes, to every listener. Yes, Lord. Um, it's your peace. You said my peace. I leave with you my peace I give to you I do not give as the world gives and guys the world the world says hey here's a freebie but it never really was free or hey you can you know this is this is cheap and easy but it never really was cheap and easy it was costly but God's peace is ever present in times of trouble so God right now we just released every listener uh, listener sweet viewer. Reach up and grab just in faith. Receive. Reach up and grab. Even if, yeah. If, if you're reaching up right now to the screen or whatever, good, that's an act of faith. Yes. Reach up and grab the peace and say, right now with us, I claim Jesus' peace in my life. Yes. I will meditate. I will think uh, about higher things such as Jesus' peace that He left with us and he does not give as the world gives it's it is actually bought and paid for and it is free so lord thank you um thank you and we trust and know that you do
0: the work we cannot do thank you lord in jesus name All right. Amen. Praise God. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today. I know this was a heavy episode. If you're still with us, thanks for listening. And I hope this touched you and blessed you in some way. Again, just want to direct everybody to the website, rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like, and subscribe to the YouTube and rumble pages, please. And thank you. Remember to follow us on all the socials, uh, all of our international podcast listeners. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Yeah, again, if you feel led to donate to the show, we, of course, appreciate that. There are links on the main page, rmr.live, to do so. And again, a major portion of those proceeds, we are going to donate to Redemption Squad Ministries. Um, Remember, as we say every show, uh, get yourself into good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into your groups, discipleship opportunities, and serve in any way you can. Thank you for joining us, and be blessed. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.